If people only remember one thing you said today, what is that one thing? Welcome to Beyond the Fourth Wall. In this weekly podcast, we're investigating how the skills we cultivate as theater artists transfer beyond our theater industry. I'm Lindy Franklin Smith, the artistic director of the Lexington Theater Company. And I'm Joseph Wrightson, the creative media designer for the Lex. Each week, we'll conduct guest interviews with creatives from across many different industries. And every couple of episodes, I'll hop in with Lindy for a conversation, connecting the dots, finding the through line, and learning how to apply those theater skills to our everyday lives. We're so glad you're here, and we hope you're ready to go Beyond the Fourth Wall. Today, we're thrilled to be chatting with Caitlin Coggle. Caitlin is a storyteller and began her career on Broadway and in national tours as a performing artist. Now, she's translated her love of storytelling into a coaching business where she helps people get their ideas from page to stage, whether that be the boardroom or the TED Talk stage. She has so much wonderful insight to share, and we're glad to have her with us. Please welcome Caitlin. Caitlin Coggle, welcome to Beyond the Fourth Wall at the Lexington Theater Company. We're so glad to have you here with us. Thanks so much. It's so good to be here. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait for our listeners to get to meet you and get to know your story. Of course, we met you just a little bit ago, about almost a year ago in New York. We were having a wonderful day at the Jen Waldman studio and you came in and sang so beautifully for us. And then Jen has been telling me all about all of your other creative endeavors that you have been doing outside of your performing and how your performing career has informed some of these new passions and interests of yours. And so I thought this would be such a fantastic conversation for our listeners as we talk about how the skills we develop as theater artists translate beyond the fourth wall. I am so excited to dive in. Me too. Well, I think we should start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. You're from Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and you and your sister, Kennedy, are both performers. Did you grow up loving musical theater? How were you introduced it? What was the what was the moment that you fell in love with storytelling through music and dance and singing? We were very fortunate here in Bartlesville. I say here because since the coronavirus hit in March, my husband and I have been really taking advantage of this time to connect with family and spend some extended time here in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. We were very fortunate growing up to be in a community that was really invested in the arts. So even though Bartlesville is a smaller community in Oklahoma, they were really richly blessed with arts organizations. We have a symphony orchestra and a civic ballet, and we have lots of opportunities for kids throughout high school for them to experience exposure to various arts opportunities. 
And so my sister and I were involved in community theater from a very young age. And one of my earliest theater memories is my sister and I doing a community theater production of Annie. And she played Molly the orphan and I played Pepper the orphan. And at one point in our blocking, I got to kick her off the bed and it was wonderful. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we've always been involved in musical theater and storytelling. And we're very glad to both be in the city working on Broadway, working on tour and doing the thing. Uh, I love so much that you got to experience the power of the arts at such a young age. That's a theme that has been resonating here on the podcast, the power of what that arts education can do for you. Whether you want to go into the theater or not, can you recall any specific ahas or takeaways from those early days of doing Annie at the community theater, things that you that you learned that even had you not become a theatrical professional might have been great lessons to take with you along the road of life? Absolutely. Especially getting involved in theater as a young kid, you have the opportunity to learn how to build something together with a team. You learn how to work with people and share ideas and bring all of your ideas to the table. I think maybe it's just because of the year we're having, but that sense of togetherness that you get from the theatrical experience, it absolutely translates into other areas as well. 100%. And so what was the moment for you, Caitlin, that you were like, I think this maybe is more than a hobby. This is more than something I want to do just here in my hometown. I want to make a career of this. Do you remember a defining moment? Well, I think the first aha moment for me was learning that being a professional artist was a career option. I think even to this day, we as artists face a little bit of surprise that this is an actual career choice, that you can choose to pursue an education and pursue a skill set as a performing artist and truly make your living as a professional in the theater industry. So my sister and I had been doing lots of theatrical stuff locally, and we just wanted more. We were hungry for more opportunities. And so we began auditioning. You know, this is back in the day, you know, before, before we had all the online tools and mediums that we have now. We actually began auditioning in cities where we had family. So I auditioned in Sacramento for Sacramento Music Circus as a child and was cast as Mary Lennox in their production of The Secret Garden. In my Bartlesville, Oklahoma mind, I thought, well, I'm going to come and get to hang out with my Uncle Steve and Aunt Lily in Sacramento and do The Secret Garden. And then I show up and I'm working with performers from Broadway and the Rockettes, who I thought were absolutely magical creatures back then. And that was the first moment where I realized, oh, this is, I could do this all the time for my job. Then I was pretty much set. That was, I was probably 12. And then I very much narrowly focused on pursuing the skills I needed to succeed in that field. I love that story so much. It resonates with me so much because it's the focus of what we love to do with our producing work here at the Lex, connecting young people 
with those professionals from the industry. And sometimes it really is just that moment with them in the rehearsal room to be like, wow, so this is what it's like to to be a professional. And I love hearing how eye-opening and inspiring that was for you as a young child. And then it led to your professional career. I mean, Disney's Newsies on Broadway, national tours of Bridges of Madison County and Finding Neverland. You've done so many beautiful roles in regional theater. I mean, your resume is so extensive. Tell us a little bit about entering that professional world as a theater artist and what those first first few years were like. I was very fortunate in those first few years to have really a great team around me. So I graduated from NYU and I had great representation right out of school. So for me, those early years were very much about the relationship that I had with my representation and then also the relationships that I'd had opportunities to build during my studies at NYU. So for me, those early years were very much about investing in those individual relationships. And then, of course, sort of the shock of the grind itself, that is very real. And it cannot be overstated how hard and how difficult it is to be an actor trying to build a career as a performing artist. But for me, by focusing on relationships, I was able to have more of a sense of community and more of a sense of team as opposed to me being all on my own. That's wonderful. I love that idea of the sense of the team because it can feel very lonely when you first move to New York, especially if you're from a small town, kind of feeling like, you know, where where do I go from here at it's a small industry, but at the same time, it can feel very intimidating and overwhelming. And so I love the idea of surrounding yourself with that support network and and thinking of it as a team of people moving you forward. And sometimes that team might be agents or casting directors, but sometimes they might just be friends and family and teachers that are moving you forward in a combination of all of that. So I love that idea. I think any of the young artists that are listening in will resonate with that as well. I want to hit on the topic of storytelling because I know it's a passion of yours, both on stage and off. And before we get into your your sort of new passions and new career aspirations, Tell me a little bit about, as a theater artist, how the storytelling aspect made a difference to you. Why did you fall in love with this idea of communicating with our community, with our society through stories and storytelling? I think storytelling, and specifically musical theater, does this interesting thing of combining music and storytelling. And For me as an artist, both of those art forms really bypass the intellect in a lot of ways. It's very hard to argue with a song. It's very hard to argue with a story, even if that song is not your song and doesn't speak to your experience. It still means something to you and you can still listen to it and enjoy it and appreciate it for what it is. 
And so for me, I noticed very early on that storytelling through theater and storytelling through song had this way of really bringing unity and bringing that sort of community together even beyond the stage so that there's connections happening among the artists, but also with the audience and with the patrons and with the broader community as a whole. That sort of superpower of storytelling was really exciting to me. And again, I think the togetherness aspect of all of us being in the same space and experiencing these stories and songs at the same time. There was something almost holy about it. And I think, you know, maybe I'm a little more uh, wistful about it because we're so longing for that kind of shared space uh, this year. But yeah, that superpower is, it, it really is magic. It's really, it's a lot of fun. I love the idea of the superpower of storytelling. When you have a command of how to get your story out, get it communicated, it really can be a superpower, not just for a theater artist, but, you know, we talk about the power of storytelling in in marketing, in any sort of process of getting your idea about how you can make the world a better place across to the people who you want to believe in it, There is such a superpower in storytelling. And now that's what you are helping others to cultivate as you coach speakers and storytellers in other mediums. This is so cool. I just love the idea that you have practiced this craft and cultivated inside the theater. And now you are helping others to find their superpower of storytelling. How did this happen? Tell us the evolution. Well, when I was working as a swing in Newsies on Broadway, I was introduced to a friend of a friend who'd seen the show, and they were working with TED Talk speakers, and they invited me to come join them for a a TED Talk speaker retreat. And initially, the invitation was for me to just come and talk about kind of performance anxiety and how, as an artist you manage getting up in front of a crowd of a thousand people and still being yourself and doing the job that that we have to do as performing artists. We started talking and working together and I realized, oh, yes, I can talk about that. I can talk about how to how to manage nerves and I can talk about how to prepare to get up in front of a crowd. But I'd, I'd really like to talk about storytelling. I'd really like to talk about the content and how to structure what it is that you want to say as an individual to a group in order for those nerves to be a non-issue. I really feel like when people connect to the heart of what it is that they want to communicate, some of that other stuff just melts away. That's such a good point that a way to combat the fear and the nerves around putting your ideas out there in front of others is by getting as clear as you possibly can on the content and being so confident in why you're out there, what you have to say, that the fear starts to get minimized as you go through the process. Love that, Caitlin. I love that. 
I was working as a swing, and for your listeners who aren't familiar with that term, a swing is a person in a Broadway company who learns multiple tracks. So the swing has, typically, they cover all of the ensemble tracks in the show. Newsies was unique because there were only four women in the play, so I covered two ensemble tracks and two principal tracks in Newsies. And then in my subsequent opportunities on tour, I've, I've been a swing and I've been an onstage cover. One of the things you have to do as a swing is to very quickly be able to shift your perspective within the story. So sometimes swings are even going on for multiple roles in the same performance. So we have times where there's a flu going through the cast and we are missing, we're short an ensemble member or two. And when that happens, you have to be able to very quickly put yourself in the perspective of that missing character and sometimes shift gears very quickly between them. So one of the things that helped me with that as a swing was this understanding of the narrative as a whole, of the story we're telling as a whole, and then understanding why each individual character within that story is doing what they're doing, is thinking what they're thinking, is feeling what they're feeling. A part of that skill as a swing has made it really fun for me to work with people in other fields, scientists, innovators, business people, anyone who has an idea. And as a swing, I can kind of come alongside them and really see their story from their perspective so that then I can help them understand what aspects of that story are landing with their audience and what aspects of that story need to be clarified a little bit. That is so cool. I love that analogy of stepping into the different roles in a Broadway show and gaining the clarity and perspective on from different sides of the narrative and how that has helped you be able to clarify other people's narratives. Caitlin, I am just loving this. So as you're working with, say, a scientist or an entrepreneur or somebody who maybe hasn't spent a ton of time on stage or they haven't spent a ton of time in a storytelling capacity, what do you find is your biggest advice for them in terms of communicating their why or their story to their audience? Well, I'll start with the outside and then come in. So one of the things that theater artists are uniquely equipped to do is to really be present physically in their bodies when they're in the room with people. And one of the things I notice for people who don't have a theater arts background is a little bit of a disconnect between the amazing, incredible, rich thought life that they have and their body's physical investment in their idea in the space. One of the sort of biggest breakthroughs people have is truly learning how to just be in their own skin while they're communicating their ideas to a room full of people, whether it's just sitting around a table with a team that's all working on a shared project, 
or if it's getting up on a TED stage and communicating it to a much larger audience. I think that sort of helping people be reminded of the value that their physical bodies are bringing to the storytelling process and understanding how their bodies are communicating a story even if they're not aware of it. That is a huge part of my work with individuals from outside the arts community. Also, really helping people to crystallize what it is that is the core of their idea. The question I often use is, if people only remember one thing you said today, what is that one thing? And it's amazing how particularly people who've spent months or sometimes years with their ideas, they have so much knowledge surrounding these areas of expertise that for them, being able to decide one aspect of that to share with the group, it's really challenging. And then again, that's where my job as, an, as a performing artist is to help them think about the audience and how maybe on the TED stage, for example, the audience is so broad and people may not have any point of reference to understand their idea in all of its fullness and richness. So how do we simplify it and how do we make it very simple for that medium? And then opportunities after that TED talk broader group may come along where they can connect with people with a higher level of expertise and understanding. And then how do we translate that simple idea into something a little bit richer for this context where there is shared knowledge and already a certain level of understanding of the subject matter? Two very rich points, you know, knowing your audience and knowing whether it is around the family dinner table, whether it's in the boardroom, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's on a TED stage, knowing your audience. And it almost, Caitlin, it sounds like it's thinking of it in terms of your service to the audience. Like, what do I want them to get out of this? What do I want their takeaway? It's not necessarily about my idea in all of its fullness and glory. It's about making sure that the people who are there to receive it, receive it in the most meaningful way. I think that is such a beautiful, beautiful service-based way to look at delivering your message and delivering your idea. That's absolutely it. And as theater artists, when we're creating a, a new piece, if we're not taking the audience on the journey with us, if we've lost them at any point in the story, then we've not done our job well. So we as performing artists, we understand this relationship of care for the audience. We understand the need that, that it matters that they're with us on this journey. What powerful work you are doing, Caitlin, because I feel especially right now, you were just talking about this, we're, we're all feeling a little isolated. This idea of helping people to find connection, whether it's, you know, through a Zoom screen, through a, a prepared talk, through whatever means. But I feel like also there are a lot of ideas in incubation right now. I feel like we've all had a lot of time. We've all had a lot of, of time to think, to be with our thoughts and to come up with great new ideas and innovations. And it's 
time. It's going to be time if it's not time now to start putting those ideas out into the world and by coaching with someone like you to find the most effective way to share those ideas, to me that circles all the way back to what you were talking about, about what you learned as a child in theater arts, which is bringing all the ideas to the table, everyone coming together and collaborating. I mean, I'm hearing such a full circle here in your story. It sounds like the work that you're doing now really harkens back to the first things that you fell in love with in your theater training. Absolutely. And and it's funny that you say that you make that connection because honestly, when I'm doing the work of helping someone to articulate their idea with confidence and clarity, there is a sense of playfulness about it. There is a sense of joy about that type of work. And I think that joy that I experience in my corporate coaching is the same joy that I experienced as a kid creating theater. So they're not separate things. They're just different expressions of that same longing and wonder and delight. Oh, how beautifully said. You know, here at the Lex, we use the term theater artists a lot because we love to not be defined by one medium. And what I love about your story is that you have many ways to celebrate your craft and many outlets to share your gifts of storytelling and helping others to tell their stories. I think it's so beautiful, whether you're on stage or you're off stage coaching, it's the same idea. It's just different mediums. That is fabulous, Caitlin. Well, we have talked about so many great concepts. And I hope for any of our listeners out there that are pondering how to get their ideas out in front of the world, that you're taking away this idea of being physically present in your body while you're on stage or around the boardroom sharing. I loved the idea of being so clear on your content and your why that it helps all those jitters and the stage fright to kind of dissipate and that isn't an obstacle for you anymore and I love the idea of knowing your audience and thinking of this as a service and a gift to them and what their takeaway is going to be this is gold Caitlin this is this is gold I know our listeners are going to love it and I have one final question for you just to wrap up thinking about everything we've talked about today, but also just looking back on your career and all that you've learned as a theater artist, somebody who loves this beautiful craft of storytelling. Can you name one thing, and you only get to pick one, one thing that has served you best beyond the fourth wall? I think the thing that has served me best is to look for the joy in each moment. So if it's in an audition opportunity, um, like I had the opportunity to connect with you, if it is my coaching work, it's really looking for that little spark of joy or wonder in the work, whatever the work is. And as long as you're cultivating that in your work, the work will be satisfying and the work will be be full of, of joy. So wonderfully said. 
Caitlin Coggle, you are just a treat. It is so good to have you with us. I want to congratulate you on your brilliant career as a performing theatrical artist and your brilliant career coaching future storytellers and helping the ideas of the world get to their audiences in a meaningful way. It's such meaningful work. It's such a gift of service to all of us. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you for being with us here at Beyond the Fourth Wall. Thanks so much, Lindy. To learn more about Caitlin's work, visit her website, CaitlinCoggle.com. That's C-A-U-G-H-E-L-L.com. Here at the Lex, we've just launched our newest program, Story Cycle, to empower the next generation of storytellers to find and raise their voices through musical theater songwriting. Students nominated from area high schools met through a series of weekly classes, devising new musical theater works for our first ever Story Cycle EP. And this opportunity was offered at no charge to the students in an effort to promote equity, diversity, and inclusion, thanks to the generous support of the Murray Foundation. Head to LexingtonTheaterCompany.org for more information on how to purchase the album to help grow and continue this important program. We're so glad you joined us Beyond the Fourth Wall. To find out more about the Lexington Theatre Company, visit our website, LexingtonTheaterCompany.org, and follow us on social media at the Lex Theatre Co. Be sure to check out our brand new artist development program at the Lex. This online learning platform offers classes for third graders through professionals as we discover and empower the artist within. You might also enjoy monthly motivations, free monthly classes for third graders through professionals. Find out more at our website and we hope you'll join us here at the Lex. Thank you.